Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk in daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. jump into a message today that I just feel God is kind of sharing throughout this morning. Um, And I've just quickly titled it Graves to Gardens. And Miles, uh, Miles plays travel baseball. He loves baseball and is kind of in our family. Well, in our family, Miles and I, rest of the family doesn't really care about baseball. Um, So it's in the guys in our family. And Miles has been playing travel baseball now for a few years. And I took him into, if anybody's into baseball in here, we have a a baseball store in town. Um, I highly recommend, if you're a baseball fan and love baseball equipment, to go check this store out. Never take your child with you. Um, I made the mistake of taking my son with me. And when I tell you this is a baseball store, this is a high-end baseball store. So all of the gloves, all of the bats, everything in this place is pro-level baseball stuff. So needless to say, Miles has a wish list and I need another job. Um, But it was interesting because he was looking at different baseball bats and trying to find out the right length, the right weight, and all this kind of stuff. And all of a sudden, the guy in there selling it, he looks at Miles and goes, I don't know if you can use that bat this year, but probably next year. And then he said these words, you know what? It really depends how much he bulks up over this winter. And so we, went into the, we got into the car and, and we snapped photos of stuff and, and stuff like that. And we get into the car and Miles asked me this question. He goes, dad, what does he mean by bulk up? And I said, well, it depends how much muscle you gain, how strong you get over the winter before baseball starts. So Miles went home, and since that time, he has been working out every day or every other day because he understands to get to the next level, he has to bulk up. He has to do something. He has to put an effort in. And I want to read to you from Ezekiel. If you're there, let's start right at the verse 1. And it says this, the hand of the Lord came upon me and he brought me out, of, out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley. And it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around and behold there. There were very many in the open valley and indeed they were very dry. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, oh Lord God, you know. Again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, oh dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and breathe in you. And you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. 
So I prophesied to, as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, a sudden, a sudden, suddenly a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, signews and, fl- and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered over them, and there was no breath in them. He also said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the, say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe, in, breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied, as he commanded, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. And then he said to me, son of man, these are the bones of the whole house of Israel. They indeed say, our bones are dry, our hope is lost, and we ourselves are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord, behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up from your graves and bring you to the land of Israel, and you shall know that I am the Lord. And when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up from the graves, I will put my spirit in you, and you shall live, and I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, says the Lord. I believe there's many of us in this room that you have promises of God, you have desires in your heart, things that God has placed there. But over the seasons of time, over the the life span that you've walked or over the journey that you're in, over a season that you've been through, those promises, those, those desires in your heart have dried up. You haven't seen them come to fruition. You haven't seen things work out the way you thought they should work out. And so as you've been walking through this, as you've been journeying through this, those hopes and desires, not only have they felt like they began to die, but for some of you, they feel dead. And for some of you, they're just dried up. There's no hope. And as we sing about the promises of God, as we declare the promises of God, some of you, you're in here and you're worshiping and you believe in God, but you just go, that's for somebody else. The observation of they were very dry. And then the Lord asked the son of men, can these bones live? Can these promises live? And he says, oh God, only you know. And then the answer is actually you prophesy. You prophesy. And he begins to prophesy what the Lord has told him. I believe there's some of us in this room right now that you need to begin to prophesy over your own life the promises that God has put in your life, the promises that you have written down, the the prophecies over your life that you have recorded. You need to begin to declare them over your own life and to stir up your own faith. Because it doesn't matter how dry they are, the Lord can just bring them to life. Now, do you guys remember when you were in school and if there was supposed to be like a race, a horse's racing, they would get you to start 
taking your hands on your legs and start patting them real slow, and then you'll get louder and louder. Remember how you did that? Everybody remember? I want you to start. What? Yeah, everybody. I can see from here who's not doing it. So just wait real quiet first, real slow. Real slow, real quiet. Come on, everybody participate. Don't think you're too cool. No one's too cool for this. Come on, I see you all. They're like, is he going to center us out? I might if I know you. All right, a little bit louder. A little bit louder. A little bit louder. Now a little bit quieter. A little bit quieter. And stop. This is what I believe happens as you read through this. I like when people have to rub their hands afterwards because like you were given her because your hands are sore. I believe as Ezekiel is prophesying and these bones begin to move, what you just did is what he heard. There was a noise. As you begin to prophesy over your life, you begin to prophesy over the promises of your life, it might get a little noisy in your life. But as things begin to move, as things begin to shift into place, what begins to happen, the reason it got really, really loud and then all of a sudden it started getting quieter was because sinews, or what I call ligaments, never heard it called sinews before. If you have a different version, I really wish I had it when I was reading. Ligaments and muscle begins to form over these bones. If you really pause and think about it for a moment, the imagery of this is really gross. But then all of a sudden, flesh becomes over them. And I begin to envision that not only like flesh begins to come, but then fingernails begin, eyeballs begin to come, teeth begin to form. Chad, this is really gross. This is what's happening in front of Ezekiel. Not a detail is missed as God is putting this army back together. So the promises that are over your life, the things that you're still going, no, I think they're dead. As we sing the songs, he takes things from graves to gardens. Man, some of us in the room, we're excited and we're holding on to these promises. And there's some of you in the room or online, you're depressed. And I get it. Because for you, it's a grave. For you, you've done something, you've done things, you, you believe you've gone too far that you can't come back. God just, God just can't redeem it. But I feel this morning God wants you to know that he can redeem you, he can redeem his promises. When it says here, say to the breath, it's actually the breath of life he wants to breathe life back in to you before he can breathe it into the promises. But here is the thing, as we, as we worship and as we declare these things over our lives, we have to remember this. John 3.30 He must increase but I must decrease. Here's what I begin to, or I, I understand more and more in my life as the Lord begins to move and to strengthen and to push me farther. 
the farther I want to go with God, the deeper I want to go in him, the less my opinion matters. The less that I have a say. So you, Chad, you're saying if I want to follow God, if I want all that he has for me, I have to deny myself. Yes. That's what the Bible tells us. We need to deny ourselves. It's not about us. But it's what we're called to do. It's what he's asked us to do. Do you know that Paul talks about in Scripture that he became content with lots and with little? Now, we read that and we automatically think finances. But what if he came content with a lot of joy in his life? A lot of excitement? And what if he came content with little joy? and little excitement. I don't know about you, but I don't see him overly excited and joyful in prison. I don't see him overly joyful as he's a prisoner in a boat, knowing that, okay, God, I'm going to get out of this, but all of a sudden the boat gets destroyed and he gets shipwrecked. And he's like, oh, at least I survived. And then he just wants to help with the fire just to keep keep warm. And as he reaches just to throw some wood in the fire, God is so gracious that a snake jumps out and bites him. I don't know you, but at this point, I might be looking at heaven going, seriously? Luke 14, verse 25 to 35. If you don't have a Bible with you or if you're just not going to go there, I want you to write this down because it's a scripture verse that we don't talk about. But it's a scripture verse I think we really need to hold on to. Starting at verse 25 of Luke 14, it says, A large crowds were traveling with Jesus, and turning to them, he said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate their father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, Such a person cannot be my disciple. This is encouraging. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Now, can I clarify something? I don't think for me to get closer to God and be a better leader and a better pastor that I need to hate my wife. I just want to clarify that. Some good marriage counseling. I don't believe I'm supposed to hate my kids and walk away from them. This is not what Jesus is saying. I do believe what he is saying is that he comes number one. I heard a pastor speaking on marriage and and trying to find a spouse. And we talk about we need to find that one. And he started teaching, no, you need to find that two. Not that you're supposed to have two, you're supposed to have one, but they're supposed to be two compared to God. Again, trying to clarify to make sure that marriages are healthy in our church. (laughs) Pastor Chad said I was supposed to have two. No, that's not what I said. God is number one. 
My wife is number two. My kids come after that. And then everything else kind of falls into place. If we have those three, right? Actually, let's be honest. If we have the first one right, your life will begin to look different. It'll begin to shape differently. He goes on to say this in verse 28. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying, this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. In the same way, those who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. I built a shed yesterday on the side of my house. And we budgeted and we prepared for it. And I'm glad we did because I had to go buy two extra pieces of plywood. And it had to be pressure treated. I don't like to brag, but I bought some expensive stuff yesterday. I went up to the counter for two pieces of plywood and a two-by-eight that's eight feet long. And I felt like they asked for my leg. But we have to judge the cost. And I think sometimes we say as pastors, as a church, as Christians, we've almost done a disservice and we say, just come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. And I believe he wants every one of you to come into a relationship with him. But I think I need to start asking you the question first, are you sure? Well, Chad, I thought a relationship with Jesus is for everyone. I believe he wants to save everybody. But are you willing to give up your life to follow him? Are we willing to deny ourselves? Because in verse 34, he says, salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? If we're on fire for God because when we first give, get saved, when we first give our heart to the Lord, we give everything we have to him, and then all of a sudden we begin to go, wait a minute. This is beginning to cost me. Now I feel like God is asking me to give of my money. Now I believe God is asking me to give of my time. I thought this was really an hour and a half on Sunday if Chad didn't talk long. And really, once they get past an hour and 15, I'm really getting antsy. Now, now I feel like God's telling me I'm supposed to join a small group or, or be involved in ministry. I'm supposed to serve others? I thought this was about promises of God being fulfilled in my life. What if you didn't receive one more promise from God, but he wanted to use you to meet a hundred different people's promises? Would you still serve God? These are big questions. I know I'm coming a little heavy this morning, but I feel like as we, we want the garden, we want the gardens in our lives, we want the promises and I realize that some of us are in graves, and I want to encourage you that the garden is there. But I believe some of you are searching for the garden, not willing to give a grave. 
See, it's interesting for things to grow. I know this much. A seed goes into the ground. It basically dries up and cracks. Then it begins to grow. I think there's some of us in the room, some of the promises that God has planted in our lives. It's been planted for a while. And I want to encourage you that I think you may be just in the cracking season. And it's going to begin to grow. And it's the uncomfortable season because when you're underground, guess what? You can't see what's going on. There's not much light. Really, there's none. And do you realize that in the next verses, Jesus says, if salt loses its saltiness, verse 35 says, it is fit neither for the soil nor for the manure pile. It is thrown out. If we lose our saltiness, if we lose our connection to God, we're not good for salt and we're not even good for manure. We're worse than poop. It was the easiest, gentlest word I could find. (laughs) Do you have your saltiness? I realize scripture just said it can't regain its saltiness, but I honestly believe that if you commit your life to the Lord and, and if you even today go, well, I've served God for my whole life, but if I begin to deny myself and press into him and, and pick up my cross daily and say, God, I actually don't care what happens today. I just want you to use me. I believe your saltiness can come back. Chad, are you preaching against scripture? No, no. I'm preaching God's grace. But you have to be willing to deny yourself, lay down your life, be okay in the hard times, because in those hard times, God's still working through you. I'm content with goodness, with joy, with excitement, and I'm actually okay, God, when things are tough and hard, but I know you're still using me, you're still working through me. Because even Paul in that prison, changed to the guard, went, you know what? They can't leave either. So I'm going to talk about Jesus. What promises are you wanting but won't deny yourself to allow God to work through you? Will you lay down yourself, your life, so that God can work through you? Do you have the promises? Do you want the promises enough to deny yourself? What is your desire this morning? We must, he must increase, but I must decrease. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you, Lord, how you've just kind of spoken to us this whole morning. That, Lord, you will take our graves and you will make gardens. But, Father, we need to lay down our lives for you. We need to sacrifice ourselves for you. We need to deny ourselves and surrender all. They're beautiful words to sing. But Father, today you're calling us to deny ourselves, 
to surrender all to you. That, Father, you can take us from graves to gardens. And so, Lord, I pray for everyone in this room that, Lord, they just need that encouragement that it's not too late. That those promises you still have for them, they just need to prophesy and begin to declare them over their lives. But, Father, they need to rest in you. They need to discipline themselves. They need to deny themselves. And so, Father, help me that, Lord, you may increase as I decrease. And, Father, we just want to see you move in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If there's a way that you want to get connected at Bethel Church today, you want to plug into a small group, or you even just still want to sign up for Beautiful Flood tonight, there's some people out at the guest services at the counter. They will help sign you up and get you plugged in. I want to just bless you today as you go, but I want to encourage you. Find out who God wants you to share his love with today. And deny yourself. Deny your, your fear. Deny your... Um, Deny your, your fear is the biggest one and press into him and allow him to speak to you and through you in Jesus' name. God bless you. Have a great week. Thanks for checking out this week's message, Bethel Church Podcast. We hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you and that you come back and check out next week's message as well. 